Last week we started this new series, Does the Bible Say, examining these cliches that sometimes we, we hear and we begin to think, oh yeah, that might be in there. And so we're taking three weeks to look at three different statements of these cliches. Last week we talked about, which one was it again? Anyone remember? Love the sinner, hate the sin. Thank you, Tessa. Appreciate that uh, for jogging my memory. Right? We, we looked at this love the sinner, hate the sin, and we saw there's this, this thread of truth within it, that we are called to love and that we are called to, to turn from sin. But, but there were other aspects of it that maybe didn't fit biblical truth, that as we recognize sinfulness in our own life, when we consider loving other people, we do not look at them as a sinner. Instead, we, we look at them, as Jesus said, to, to love your neighbor, to love your enemy, and to love one another, not creating these boxes of people that we're clarifying as a sinner or as those who are righteous. Now we're going to continue this series by looking at another popular phrase that I've heard before. Maybe you've heard it too. God helps those who help themselves. I see some, some nodding folks out there. This phrase, uh, Barna Group is a, a group that does some Christian surveys, surveys of, of Christian community here in the United States. And and they did a, a survey that asked people about that phrase, God helps those who help themselves. And 75% of people in America believed that to be true and biblical. 68% of, of uh, evangelicals, and I don't have like what, uh, what they would label those people as, but as people who were Bible-believing Christians said that, God helps those who help themselves was true, 68%. It's not found anywhere in the Bible. That might not be a, a spoiler for you, but it is a phrase that's been said even from before the time of Christ. Five centuries before Christ, there was mythology that spoke of God helping those who help themselves. For us, though, the, the phrase was more popularized by Ben Franklin, you know, that guy that did not say last week, beer is proof that God loves us, right? He did not say that, but he did say God helps those who help themselves. Even though this phrase isn't in the Bible, I wonder what we can, what we can find about that statement. What what are the areas where it lines up with, with God's truth? And, and maybe where are the areas where it deviates from what we understand as God's truth? So with that in mind, let's head to 2 Thessalonians 3. And that'll be page 959 if you grab one of those black Bibles. Kids, if you brought your Bible, those green or purple ones, it'll be on page 1,493. And all of those sermon discussion kind of Guides will have all those page numbers for you kids on it. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 12. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work 
shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. Maybe within this passage we can find the the partial truth part of the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. It's fitting that Mindy talked about work and chores with the kids this morning. How many of you enjoy working hard? Some shrugs, some hands, some so-sos, right? Maybe you grew up learning a hard work ethic from your parents. There was certain chores or things that you had to do. We try to teach that in, in my house as, as Emily and I uh, train up our kids. And, and we have a, a, a board on our refrigerator that has the days of the week and it has uh, chores that need to be done like feeding the dog or wiping the table or, or putting away the dishwasher, which was mentioned. Uh, I don't think actually cleaning the room is on there. But uh, sweeping the floor, vacuuming the carpets, or vacuuming the stairs, all of these different things. And then we put, uh, we have a lot of kids, so we only put their initials. We put a P or a C or an E or a B on, on the kids who need to do that chore for a, a specific day. And just like all of you that said, what do you, do you like hard work? And you're like, eh. Some of you were like, yeah. The kids have the same response when I say, hey, you know, it's time to do your chores. Ah, oh, do we have to? The, the children that were mine up here that said they like to clean their rooms, I hope they come home too. Uh, I hope they, they continue to want to do that. But sometimes I think we don't necessarily always want to, to work hard. And the kids don't either. And, and so it's, it's that time that I say, well, you know, Mom and Dad, we need to, we need to go and, and, and work hard and you know, not only take care of our chores and the things we need to do at home, but we, we go and, and we accomplish other things. And, and that's how we, we, we care for you. And, and we're able to have you know, food on the table and, and the house that we live in. And, and there's so many other people in the world, too, that that's, that's what they do. You go and you work hard to be able to, care for your family. And, and, and the truth of the matter is God gave us this work. I think that's why, why Paul said those who, who don't work should not eat, but you should live and work in a way where you can provide for yourself. God, God gave us that work, so we should ought to do that well. And, and with that in mind, I'm going to plug in here in the middle of October, we're going to start a, another series that's going to focus on our work and how it relates to our worship of God. So, you know, I'd love you to come back next week. If you don't come back next week, make sure you're here in October. But the, the truth here in, in this phrase is that Paul was dealing with some, some issues in this Thessalonian community. He was dealing with some individuals that for one reason or another were choosing not to work. There's a, a phrase, I think it was in verse 11, that they're, they're not busy, but they're busy bodies. Maybe these are the individuals that are constantly doing things. Sometimes that can be 
me. I can, when I get into doing chores, I can be very like ADHD, like I'm supposed to be doing the laundry and I'm doing the laundry, but then I see something that's out of place, so I'll drop the laundry and I'll pick up this other thing and put that away and then I'll see something else and I got to bring that to the garage and then all of a sudden I clean the garage when I was supposed to be doing the laundry and you're just always working but maybe not getting anything of substance accomplished. Maybe, maybe that's what he's getting at. But, but other people too uh, were thinking, well, Jesus is coming back soon, so well, why would I need to work hard at this thing or that thing when Jesus is going to come back and that won't matter? There was several, maybe uh, it's probably over a decade ago now, there was a specific pastor that said Jesus was coming back on this certain day. And, and what happened was, well, people were like, well, why would I work these jobs or do these things? And so they made some choices that, you know, when that day came, it wouldn't have mattered. But unfortunately, Jesus didn't come back, and it put them in this spot where they maybe were in a worse position where they couldn't care for themselves. And so these people in the Thessalonian church were needing to rely on the others and the, in the graces of others to care for themselves. And that's what Paul is getting at here. Right? When we consider about care for ourselves, it goes hand in hand with prayer. It's not just like, well, I pray that there's food at home when I get there. Instead, there's, there's got to be an effort, uh, perhaps some work that goes along with it. There's a, a Latin phrase, ora et labora. Maybe you've heard that before. Work and pray. Pray and work. It was, it was a motto of, of one of my alma maters. What Paul's trying to teach the people is that. Not only do you hope for Christ to come back, but you work in the process as well so that you can care for yourself and others as you wait. So that's maybe the the truth section of God helps those who help themselves. There's this work that we are to do, and and so we, we do it well. There's this work that we need to do that helps care for ourselves. But then I think there's an area of this phrase that it starts to go sideways a little bit. Sometimes when I hear the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, it's used in a context to kind of sidestep move a little bit away from our call to care for our neighbor. That we would say, well, God helps those who help themselves, so they really need to get working. Or they need to do this or that. And I think if we use that phrase in a way that we're sidestepping our Christian calling to care for people, we're, we're missing something. Because God is help for the helpless. God has compassion on those who are in need. Right? And, and we can find that in Scripture. If we went back to the Old Testament in the, in the book of Leviticus, uh, uh, I think it might be chapter 23. Don't quote me on that. But God commands the Israelites not to 
harvest the four corners of their field. So they wouldn't reap and harvest everything. They're going to leave the four corners of their field unharvested so that way it would be a way to provide for people who were in need. For the, the Scripture says, for the foreigners that are in your midst, for those people who are, are traveling through or, or not in their home country, that they could have food to eat. God directs His people not to store up all the grain for themselves, but instead leave some for others. When you think about this in action, that they would go through and glean it as well, the book of Ruth comes to perhaps mind. When Ruth and Naomi are fed from the gleanings, those things that are left behind by those harvesting, and and that's how they are fed from Boaz's field. In the New Testament, we continue to hear about the ways God is help for the helpless, the the way God cares for others. We go to, oh, there we go. Hey, look at that, I said that. All right, Uh, here, James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself polluted by the world. If we continue, we go to Galatians chapter 5 or 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. This is about the people that were arguing whether they needed to follow the the Israelite command to be circumcised. And some people were saying, but I am, and, and you're not, but you should be. Well, he says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Love of neighbor, love of enemy, caring for one another. And then here is, is kind of a, a passage that maybe is, is more of a, a warning, I guess, to the Israelites. And it's, it's from the, the Proverbs. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out, and not be answered. When we consider what Jesus said about care for others and care for those in need, perhaps Matthew 25, it's this parable Jesus says about the sheep and the goats. And and there's this king that has one set of people on his right and one set of people on his left. And, And to the one, he says, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came visiting me. And, And these people wondered, when did we actually do these things? For you, Lord. And, and the king responds. He says, Whenever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. God calling us to care for one another. And, and warning us that if we don't, that his, his uh, ears will be shut to that cry. What we realize where God helps those who help themselves, where that misses, 
is that God meets the needs of other people through people. That our calling that God has put on our life is to care. God takes our lives and puts on our our hearts and on our our minds a desire to help one another, to to care for one another. And, And we could debate and perhaps should debate what is the, the best way to care for someone, right? What are the best ways that we can help other people? There's a book called When Helping Hurts. And, and we should think about those things. But what is not debatable is that we are called to care. And if, if we are, are, are a Christian that perhaps thinks that we don't need to have very much compassion on on other individuals who are in difficult situations. If we believe that phrase to the T, God helps those who help themselves, I think we've missed a very essential component of the Gospel. And I think that's why the Gospel, what the Gospel is, and and what we know about it, is how we can miss the point. If we say God helps those who help themselves, how would we have helped ourselves out of the position of sin and unrighteousness without Christ? If we go to Ephesians chapter 2, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Each of us, we are in need of God's grace. It was by God's great love and compassion that He made us alive with Christ. One of the foundations of the Gospel is that we cannot help ourselves. And it's not from yourselves. It's not of your own doing. When we were standing in need, God did not say, well, get everything figured out. Get all your ducks in a row and then I will help you. No, instead, He said the, the passions that Steve read or quoted earlier that while we were still sinners, it was Christ who, who died for us. We, on our own, cannot go from being disobedient to God to being righteous in perfect standing with God. We needed someone to come along to give us a hand, to, to help us, to, to stand in that that gap that was between God and ourselves and, and to take upon our sin on Himself that then we would be one with God. Galatians chapter 2. Oh, see, there, I forgot that part. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. The works of the law cannot get you there on your own, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. God helps those who help themselves. is not true here. We, we cannot help ourselves enough to get to Christ. That's not what God calls us to do. Instead, He called Christ to give us His grace to redeem us that we would be able to live with Him. He says, come to Me, 
I know you're weary. I know you're thirsty. I know you're hungry. I know you're hurting. hurting, And I will be the one to give you rest. God is help for the helpless. And you can't get much more helpless than we are in our sin. And God replaces that helplessness when we have faith in Christ to, to give us peace. He replaces that with, with comfort. He re- replaces that with, with forgiveness. And He offers to us things that we could not find on our own. And everything that we've experienced then comes from God. Everything spiritually that we've received, the, the righteousness, the, the indwelling of the Spirit comes from God. Everything that we've received physically, our, our homes and our, and our money and our abilities, all of those things comes from God. And then God takes those things and He says, care for one another. And by caring for one another, you will glorify and honor Me. So the reality is that God helps those who help themselves doesn't really quite get it. Instead, maybe it should say God helps those in need through His followers. I want to take a moment to reintroduce to you one of the ways that we care for others. It's, it's this organization called Family Promise, or we call it IHN, International Hospitality Network. Uh, they, for the pandemic time period, did, were not calling upon churches and, and asking churches to help, but beginning in October, they're going to go back to having churches partner with them as they work to eradicate homelessness in families, one family at a time. So let's take a moment to see this video from Family Promise, one of the ways that we assist in caring for those in need.
We help families find that place to call home, whatever that looks like. Sometimes that means helping families find a job. Sometimes it means helping families fix their car or helping that family get back to their support system, wherever that is. Whatever it looks like, Family Promise is there to help that family find a place to call home. We are Family Promise of Grand Rapids, and we keep our promise. In the video, Kate O'Keefe said in the video that giving a hand, caring for one another, looks different for each one of those families. Sometimes it's that job, sometimes it's helping to fix the car. And one small way that we help here at this church is by transforming those classrooms on the other side of the building into those private residence bedrooms that that we could invite folks in four weeks out of 52 to show them the love and compassion that God has, that God does truly call us to care and that we are willing to step up as a congregation and to care for them and who they are. So if if that's something that you want to be involved in, reach out to Emily Hall, who's now the Faith Promise Coordinator, in different ways that you too could could be a part of what we're doing here and what, what Faith Promise is doing in our community, working to eradicate homelessness in families, one family at a time. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you that the statement, God helps those who help themselves, isn't fully true. We thank you that you didn't require us to help ourselves before you sent Christ to redeem us. We thank you for the example that Christ has given us, and we pray that we truly would be those who Live out your care for those in need. Work in us through family promise and through streams of hope and through many other organizations we partner with that we could show your love and your care and your compassion to all those who are in need. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.